I'm Julian Brand, and you're listening to Scouted Chats. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of Scouted Says. Jack Grimsey alongside Connor Garrett, as always. And today, we're going to be talking about strikers. How's it going, Connor? I am. I'm great. I'm just, you know, buzzing to be back on the uh, the podcast and hype. It's been a little while. Uh, I know everyone will have missed us, but um, never fear, they we got, are. They back. got the handbook, though. Well, yeah. I mean, that's tidied them over, I guess. But the main the main thing really is the. Uh, the podcast i think yeah yeah it's um we re- just changed the name of the website to scoutedpodcast.com no just kidding it's still sfhandbook.com of course and we hope you've all been enjoying the handbook there still are some late editorial changes to come because steven wanted to get it out as soon as possible so it's still being perfected but you can get the gist of it by reading now yeah it's like the ebook equivalent of the life of pablo so i mean yeah yeah it's i'm a fix um, I don't know, I'm a fix Mbappe or whatever, like, I don't know. Speaking of Mbappe, he's one of the strikers we're going to be talking about today, thanks to Shelly Ozzy for pointing that out on Twitter. As I only mentioned, Andrea Bellotti and Musa Dembele of Celtic in the tweet. So, yeah, we got a, got a couple other guys that I'm going to mention as well, but let's start with Bellotti because I think he had the best weekend out of any of these guys, a hat trick for him. And it was a second of the year in Syria, second hat trick. Yeah, he's he's really enjoying the season, isn't he? Um, it's been a real sort of kick on from the last few years. He's obviously shown his potential before, but now we're starting to properly see it in Syria. Um, obviously, there's still sort of question marks about I don't know the quality of the league, maybe how sustainable his run of form is at the moment. Um, but I think at the moment he's just doing, he's playing so well, he's posting the numbers uh, so consistently that we can just admit that you know. Bellotti, great player. Yeah, exactly. I think he's finally finally putting all the tools together. He's shown some ability in the past, but really this year it's all really come to fruition for him, I guess. And like you like you said, the quality of the opposition, I think that sticks out for more for me more with the national team. He has three goals in five games with Italy's senior side. However, one was against Macedonia and the other two were against Liechtenstein. <laughs> then again, the other three games he played were against France, Spain, and Germany, and he played 16 minutes against France, 14, 14 against Spain. He played the whole game against Germany, didn't score, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like you can't, you can't discredit it because he played against those bad teams because his only other games are against amazing teams. I mean, he still scored the goals, basically, but I mean, yeah. I was just thinking that Wayne Rooney's first international goals were against both those countries, Macedonia um, away and then Liechtenstein at home. Um, and he's gone on to have a good career. Um, was a, a lot younger, to be fair, seventeen rather than twenty-three. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, and again, you mentioned the quality of the league of Syria, and his hat tricks have came against Palermo and Bologna, and he's scored braces against Cagliari, Crotone, um, Pescara, and Fiorentina. So not really some of the best teams. He didn't score against Roma. Um, didn't score against Atlanta, Lazio, Roma in the reverse fixture, but you know that's he scored both times against Milan. Yeah, I mean, I think to be honest, it's quite a harsh distinction to make. Like he he's clearly scoring the goals, um, just because you're scoring a lot of goals against worse opposition doesn't mean that you're necessarily not going to play well against good opposition. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's you can't discredit him for scoring goals just because they're not against. You can't play Juventus every game, you know. And I mean, every everyone plays the same like games apart from they don't play themselves. But like, obviously, like 
Jekka and Higuain are both a little bit behind Belotti in the scoring charts. Dries Mertens, who's also having a really good season, is behind him in the scoring charts. And they're playing in the same league, so even if Belotti's like getting a lot of goals against the, the smaller teams, I mean, they have the exact same chance to do that as well, and they're obviously not. So it's, I think he, he's, he's clearly doing some, a lot of things right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he stays at Torino uh, or if he ends up making a move somewhere else. Uh, he's obviously been linked with a lot of big European clubs, uh, both within and outside of Italy. Um, and, I mean... You, uh, with all due respect to Torino, obviously a very historical club, very good at the moment. They got a very nice squad. Um, you you do think like if he's going to push on and become like a, a key player for the uh, Italian national team, which he definitely has the potential to do, he probably will end up at either like one of the the, the clubs that will consistently compete for silverware, not just in Italy but in Europe or a club like that, but in a different country. Yeah, you know, you could see him maybe at, at like, a PSG or something. I, I get what you're saying. And don't, uh, listeners, don't try to take this or take this as us giving criticism of Bellotti. I think he's been having an amazing season. It's just those are really the only the only things that we can say that are negative, maybe, if, if they even are negative. But 22 goals in 24 Serie A games, a goal every 95 minutes. That's fantastic. And, you know, like you mentioned, those the other top scorers in the league, Look at the service that they have being provided to them. And he's doing this in a, in a Torino side that's ninth. Yeah, I mean, like, as I said, they're an okay team, but he is, but he is, the, he is the stand-up player. He's the one that's really making them tick going forward. And uh, that is something that you, like, I don't think it's something you can't look past. Like, there are a lot of players that look so much better and they're surrounded by players that will make them look better. And I think Bellotti is someone that improves everyone around him. Uh, and that's obviously really important um, not just now but like moving forward if you're a player that can fit into any team then you're going to have a brighter career than someone who might score like 40 goals in a season but he needs to be around like all of these other brilliant players and everything needs to go right and you, you know cough that, Cavani cough <laughs> yeah I mean like you, you know you know that Belotti's going to like like you know he's going to he's going to put a shift in he's going to at least get some yeah he works so that's what that's what Phil Costa wrote in, in his profile. He's a very hard worker. Yeah, and I mean that shows. But I mean, he's obviously just such a talented player that, aside from like as aside from that hard work, his technique, his ability, his like knowledge of like where to be on the pitch, it, it's all sort of culminates in this twenty-two goal season. It's only March, and yeah. Yeah, he has, a, he has a chance to hit 30 for sure. Um, so I think we've got to move on, but you can watch him against Lazio next Monday. I think that's at 8.45 p.m. GMT, ninth against 4th currently in Syria. Um, next we have Musa Dembele of Celtic, and strangely enough, he was free last summer from Fulham. So, but there. They are wishing they could have him back as he has 17 goals in 25 Scottish Premier League games. Also the top scorer. So both guys we've mentioned so far top scorers in their respective leagues. And Dembele is French as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's, he's been in the UK for a little while now. I think he joined Fulham in, what, 2012 um, as, as a very, very young guy. Um, and he's sort of... Like, even since since he's broken, he broke into the Fulham first team, he's sort of... Been 
the other Moussa Dembele because obviously you've got the the very good midfielder at Spurs uh, who you know he has to sort of emerge from that name first. Um, but yeah, since going to yeah, he, has, he has two S's, the one on the Spurs on Spurs only has one. I mean, I I know more than anyone what like a a, a double consonant or a single consonant how important that can be. Um, <laughs> For, for the listeners' benefit, when you call Connor with one N, most people spell it wrong. Um, so that, yeah. So I, 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 I'm, I can fully appreciate how both Moose's feel in this situation. This has taken a little bit of a turn. Uh, but yeah, look, since he's gone to Scotland and played with Celtic, he has been really, really good. I mean, obviously there was that uh, brilliant performance in the old firm right at the start of the season, about September, was it? And that, that was a real sig- uh, signal of intent since then he scored against uh, Barcelona um in the Champions League and yeah he he really has been very impressive and still the 20 like the 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 amount of talent that the French youth ranks has at the moment is ridiculous and if they don't win a World Cup in the next like okay so like so it's 2017 now in the next 10 years like so if they if they don't get or 11 like, or what what would they no yeah 10 because I would give them three cycles right yeah like if they don't maybe not 2018 I mean they still have they, they have a team that could do it so yeah but if, if if in 2022 or 2026 they don't win a World Cup either an absolutely brilliant generation has come from another team that we just haven't expected haven't anticipated right now or they failed massively um, what if they lose three finals that's still I mean I guess so just for failing at that stage I mean, it, I guess you know, it depends. Like, you can't, yeah. But like, you same, can't say they could get massively, be massively unlucky in in the final three different times. But I, I definitely get what you're saying. But I mean, like, they need to be there. Yeah, I mean, in the issue, inter- some of these guys. Yeah, in the in the history of like, international football, you only have a handful of teams that have missed out and still gone down in history. Like, obviously, the magnificent Magyars. But I, I feel like then, while the World Cup was important, like a lot of the thing that made them such a great team was how they played against England when England were good um, and like how they absolutely destroyed them. Um, obviously then got the, the Dutch team in the 70s um, who lost two finals um, and maybe like Brazil in 1982. But other than that, I think the teams that you remember from international football are the winners. So even if they do get to the final, unless they're doing something very, very innovative, they've got so much talent that I feel like it... Yeah, it, you, it's too early to say, really. It's 2017. We don't know how these players are going to develop in the next five years or so. But um, it's yeah. going to be exciting. We can say that for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm really like I'm really excited to watch them play. And I don't think you get like uh, as an Englishman admitting that France are just going to trash world football for the next like ten years. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, didn't expect to be saying that, but yeah, they. Just reading the handbook and looking at the amount of French players in there, and then knowing that there 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 are some that were in there last year, some that will be in there next year. Um, like oh my god, um, it it blows the mind. All right, and so anyway, back to Dembele. He's had a great year. He's averaging a goal every ninety seven ninety seven excuse me minutes, just only two minutes worse than Belotti. But recently, he's been on a tear since February fifth. He's scored in every game, so that's been six games, and in those games he has, what, 12 goals? So February 5th, he had a hat-trick. February 11th, another hat-trick. February 18th, just one goal. The 25th, he scored a brace, and then March 1st, he scored another brace, and then March 5th, he's just scored a, a singular goal. I mean... So two of those games are in the cup, but still, yeah, still... 
And he missed two games before that. Like, yeah, he, he was out with a knock and then now back in the team. And it's funny you mentioned that Rangers game, the old firm derby, because that's what's up this weekend. So you can watch Dembele on, um, let me look at the notes. What is it? Sunday. Yeah, 1 p.m. GMT. Yeah, 1 p.m. GMT on Sunday. So, yeah, next next up we have Kylian Mbappe. And he scored two more goals at the weekend. Big surprise. All the guys we have in here are great goal scorers, um, as you would expect. Yeah, but I mean, I, I do think of the, the ones so far, Mbappe is just the the GOAT. Like, he... Is obviously a little bit younger. Like Belotti is obviously twenty three, then Belotti's twenty. Uh, Mbappe is is just just turned eighteen, uh, and he's just he's coming to the team this season. Has just been absolutely excellent so far. And obviously, there's that goal in Man City uh, against Man City. They obviously lost the game in the end, um, but not not a bad sort of team to get a goal against. Um, and yeah, he's just. The last month, month or two, he's really gone from a player that we knew was going to do brilliant things to a player that everyone is now talking about. Like the amount of the amount of people that I just know that are now sharing videos of what he's doing, it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Usually, we see these guys, we're monitoring them when they're seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, whatever, and then two years later, you know, everyone like gets on the hype train. Yeah, and by the way, it's been instant. Yeah, and it's like people people who don't watch. Monaco at all know know who Mbappe is like know what he's doing I mean I, I don't I'm not going to say I watch loads of Monaco I've, I've watched a little bit more this season because they are really exciting um, but like the like people who have no idea about French football are getting on the uh, Mbappe hype train and it's a really good thing like I'm I'm very excited to see what he can do in the course of his career because yeah if he's this good this early um, there's there's only a few players that I can remember in like my time as a football fan that are, are that good and I mean you, you're you're talking like the Roonies, the Messies, the Cristiano Ronaldo's like uh, straight in straight in at that level um, like when they were teenagers when they were 18, 17, 19. Um, the only one I can really think of is Neymar and I remember watching him at Santos a little bit and obviously he's kept it up I mean some say he's having a bad season but because he doesn't have all the goals but He's involved in everything. And Mbappe, it's it's the same thing. You know, he's 18 now. And he's even doing better than Belotti or Dembele with his goal or minutes per goal in Ligue 1. It's 89 minutes per goal. That's just... And it's, I mean, it's it's deceiving because he has 20 appearances, but he's only played 800 minutes. He's, like, getting... A lot of times he's getting subbed on. Now he's been starting. I think... I don't know. This is what you see sometimes with young guys. I think he doesn't have the legs to go 90 minutes yet, week in, week out. And also, I mean, so this is the third time I'm not going to talk about Wayne Rooney, but when he was when he was a younger player, he was by far the best player that Everton had. So, like, this is when he broke into the team, like, 16, 17, 18, uh, before he moved to United. Um, like, he was by far the best player that they had. And in one season, they're playing against relegation, but David Moyes knew that he had to, like, protect this young player's legs because otherwise he's just going to be destroyed late in his career. Now, obviously, he obviously didn't do it well enough because Rooney's now 31. I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, probably played too much earlier. In his, yeah, I mean, I think, I think I was trying to be a little bit kinder, but yeah, I agree with you. Um, but like he, like Mbappe... And it's not necessarily 
tennis. You know, I still think Rooney could run forever, but I don't know. That's why I'm scared of building up Mbappe so much, is because yeah, like he doesn't. Like, train still could crash. There's there's no need to like play him ninety minutes every game. There no, is, especially when they're beating everyone by four goals. Yeah, uh, they've got so many other brilliant attacking players that he can he can get these forty five minute cameos maybe or like half an hour in a game, maybe play one, come off after yeah, 60 that, minutes. And yeah, played the opening 60 because Falcao was out the other day. And sorry to interrupt you, but did you you saw his goal, right? The second? Yeah. Beautiful. The header, yeah. So it was crazy. Bernardo Silva like, just stole the ball back on the wing. It was right before halftime, stole the ball back on the wing, crossed it in, and it was like a messy-ass cutter. He didn't even have to jump. It's just, I mean, obviously he's not the tallest guy, but like again, with, with these players that are just a little bit of a cut above, you just know they're going to win the win the ball in the air. And like people that like put in the work and they have the technique, they don't need to be tall. I mean, five eight isn't it's below average height. Like not not it's not it's you're not tiny, but like he's not he's not a big player. Um, and I don't know, like when it comes into that position, you just sort of expect him to put it in the net, and he does. It's really it's a really really good finish. But I think it, it speaks volumes about his quality that. He'll come over to him. He's not the tallest guy. He's in between two centre halves, and you just know there's going to be a shot and goal, and he's going to test the goalkeeper. Yeah, and it's just because he gets into the right spot. Either he beats the big, the big centre back to the ball, or yeah, I don't know. He's obviously has decent leaping ability. Yeah, and and also just the the actual technique of the header is really really good as well. Just the the little flick yeah. that he gets on it. It's, yeah, it's it's not an easy skill, and he does it excellently. Still just, just 18, it's crazy. Um, he will be in action this weekend against Bordeaux on Saturday, 4.45 GMT. And then the Champions League reverse fixture at the Stade Louis II against, Monarch, or against Man City excuse me, will be next week. So, yeah, I think, well, we got two more guys. We had a shout-out from RFN David, who wrote a couple profiles for us in the book and he wanted us to talk about Sardar Azmoun who I remember kind of really being introduced to him last fall when we talked about him with Phil right yeah and this was ahead of him playing against Bayern and I think yeah they, they managed to beat him in the end and Azmoun was in with a brace I'm, I, I'm literally trying to rack my brain about what happened yeah I think that's right is that right Look, he has two. No, no, he scored one goal in that game. His other goal came against um, Atletico. Okay, but yeah, so he he, he played. But still, he scored. He scored against Bayern Munich and Atletico Madrid. Yeah, and he's twenty two. He's from Iran. A lot of (laughs) no one knows who this guy is. You know. Yeah, but they they will they will like he. No, they should he. Yeah, he's going to be playing against Man United, and (laughs) that's what David said. He said. Upcoming a, th- a thumping of Man United by Rostov, I think. I mean, I w- I'm, not, I'm not necessarily sure if Rostov will thump Man United. Uh, I mean, the signs are that United are getting a lot better than they have been recently um, under Mourinho. That it seems to sl- slowly be clicking. Obviously, the the game of the weekend against Bournemouth was not good, um, but you could have reasonably expected to win that by how it went. Just Bournemouth defended heroically at times, um, but yeah, it slowly seems to be coming together. Um, and you know that you think if they go about the game correctly, they should beat Rostov. However, Asmoon is one of those players that can make a difference, and I would expect him to 
probably get a goal over the leg over the two legs at some point, maybe even more. Uh, he's in good form. Obviously scored at, at the weekend uh, twice. Uh, yeah, the Russian league just the Russian league just came back and he scored two goals in the in the first game. I mean, one more like he he's just clearly having a great year, um, and hopefully uh, that'll be rewarded maybe with a bigger move at some point. Uh, I mean, with all due respect to Rostov, even within Russia, they're not one of the bigger clubs. Um, it'd be really nice to see him in one of the big leagues um, so that we can properly keep an eye on him because, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but as much as I'm interested in Sada Asmoon, I'm only really going to see him every now and then in Europe because I, I'm not too fussed about watching like Rostov against Tom Tomsk as it was at the, <laughs> the weekend. Yeah, one of the, one of the greatest names Tom Tomsk, but um, yeah, um, my hard drive on the computer I, I brought to university crashed within six months, like when it started, what, seven years ago or something, because I think it was watching the Russian League. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But um, like you said, hopefully he doesn't move somewhere else. Otherwise, it, I don't think it would be a surprise to see him go to Seska, Zenit, or Spartak, who are the current top three. Right now, Rostov in... What in seventh place? I don't. I don't know. Google's weird. Google says they're in seventh, but they have a th- plus thirteen goal difference, and it has Tarek Grozny in fifth with a minus one goal difference, twenty eight points. They have, there's three teams at twenty eight points, but they're the lowest despite having the best goal difference. So either Google's bugging, or maybe they do a tiebreaker on something else. But yeah, anyway, um, we should see him against Manchester United. Um, in these, over these next couple weeks. And so thanks, David, for that shout-out. Thanks, everyone, who's been interacting with us on Twitter. I think we have time for one more guy. And Connor? Let's let's have a, a little chat about John Cordoba. Super John, as I call him. Obviously, plays for Mainz. Uh, about to turn 24 in May, so we need to get in all of the discussion we can about him like while it's possible. But he... I mean, Mainz are not having the, the best season. They're not doing badly, but they're not doing well, basically. Um, and there, there are very few players standing out. But one that really does week in, week out is Super John Cordoba. He it's just he's quick. He's strong. He can hold the ball up. He can pass the ball. He can beat a man. He can win the, win the ball in the air. He can, you know, like get down the pitch, make an, make an assist, uh, make, like create chances. He's just, he's a complete forward. Uh, and basically, just because I've been watching him week in, week out, I'm just so excited about whatever he's going to do. There's a lot of talk about him being probably the next uh, player that, that might sell for big, big money. And yeah, I mean. To the Premier League, I think it's, it seems natural that he'll go he has, to England next. He has the skill set for the Premier League, for sure. Um, there's, I mean, there's no reason why he can't go somewhere else. Uh, like he could go to a bigger club in the Bundesliga, could even go to Spain where he was before. Um, he's he's basically proven himself as a first team quality striker in a top league. Now, really, he just for the Premier League comparison, he reminds me of Salomon Rondon, and I don't know what are they both Colombian? Uh, no, Rondon's Venezuelan. Okay, sorry, but similar flat. Cordoba's Colombian. They're both. They're both physical presences that have good speed and I think can score goals out of nothing. And why I mentioned the Premier League is because there's teams at the bottom of the league that 
I don't know, like Burnley or someone could throw 20 million on a striker and with Cordoba, he maybe could like legitimately do it all himself. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like he, he know, does. Like it'd actually be a worthwhile purchase. Yeah, and like the thing that you say about doing it all himself is just completely true. Like he he is I mean, since Marley's gone, since the since the winter break, he has been the Mainz attack. There were a couple of games where he wasn't there against Cologne and Dortmund and they just never really look challenging going forward. Since then, he's only got one goal. That was at the weekend against Wolfsburg. Also would have been more difficult to miss because basically Levinas Canale, <laughs> who is also brilliant, we need to put him in Sky and Handbook 3. Uh, I wanted to put him in the Handbook 1. But. Yeah, but he's he's now, he's gone from a prospect at Leverkusen on loan at Bremen to being prob- prob- actually probably the second most important player in the Mainz sort of midfield area now uh, and attacking area like he yeah he he's matured so much over the the course of the season from player who at the start you could see the talent he had but he wasn't quite doing it week in week out to now he he really is so so crucial um Uh, funnily enough they both have four goals five assists both Ostinelli and Cordoba yeah uh, I mean I think yeah basically Ostinelli put it on a plate for Cordoba at the weekend there's been yeah. another. Ch- there's been another time when Cordoba's done exactly the same thing for him. So that's one each way now, um, in in this season. But yeah, they yeah, neither. I mean, Cordoba's not necessarily the most prolific, but the amount that he adds, he he gets the the goal, this the assist, or he may, he maybe brings the team a lot further forward. And then someone like Tanali or Mali when he was here, or uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's like a pre-assist. You know, sometimes it doesn't always show. It doesn't always show up in the stats, or he contributes in other areas. You know, defensively, set pieces. He's a huge presence. Yeah, and I mean, also, Mainz are the best attacking set piece team in the league. So, yeah, it speaks for itself, attacking wise. But I'm saying, like defending, he's also also useful. Yeah, uh, of course. So yeah, it, it's he 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 will be without doubt in another club in the next couple of years. Could you could you see him? This is kind of a big speculation, but um, say Pierre Emerick Aubameyang leaves Dortmund, could you see him going to Dortmund? Um, especially when Tuchel goes to Arsenal, and then Schmidt naturally is hired by Dortmund with the <laughs> manager <laughs> progression of Mainz to Dortmund. Uh, that's a good question. I I um I don't I don't think he's a replacement for um, Aubameyang in the slightest, um, and I think. So obviously, like Dortmund have got Alexander Isak uh, from. Yeah, 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 in, and it's a different uh, style. Isak's more, much more like Aubameyang, I think. Yeah, um, and I think Aubameyang will probably be at Dortmund for the next year at least, maybe another year after that. Or, or then they'll replace him with Mbappe, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be considering oh the amount God. of money that Monaco turned down in the summer. I don't think that's likely uh, <laughs> that Dortmund are going to be able to get him, but. Yeah, like uh, I don't know. I, I don't think Cordova would go to. I, don't, I can't see him at Dortmund. I could see him at Schalke, for example. Uh, obviously, Christian Heidel is the sporting director at Schalke. Has already signed him twice. Um, could you see him at Leverkusen if they off Chicharito? Um, I could, but at the same time, maybe. What about Hoffenheim? What if Hoffenheim get to the Champions League? Um, Hoffenheim don't need him. They've got so many strikers already. Um, yeah, I guess so. Like obviously Sandra Wagner, Mark Ut, uh is uh, obviously got Kramerich, Kramerich yeah. playing there quite a lot. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, 
Adam Scholloy, who has somehow hit form. But they're, they're, they've got at least four that like players that can play centre forward. So I, I don't know. It, I don't think he would be a serious upgrade on um, at least Oot and uh, Kramerich. So okay, so that was a stupid shout by me, but it's not a stupid shout. Like it, the thing is, like people, I kind of just meant like a team like that, like a team that just gets um just gets into the Champions League or something around that that level. Would that be more more so? Would that be a good level for for him next? You know. Do you know, with, with Dieter Hacking at Gladbach, I reckon he would fit in the system really well. I mean, you've seen Josip Dermic coming back into it a little bit recently. Cordoba is, is an upgrade on that. Uh, and I think... Yeah, yeah and if, the aging Raphael, that, I mean, that's, that's true. It yeah, in the, in the next couple of years as well, they're going to need to replace Raphael. Dermic quite has, hasn't quite worked out. Hagota left in the summer. Uh, I mean, still, I don't, I don't feel like they've replaced Max Cruiser properly. Uh, and... I don't know. I think you need someone else as well as Lars Stindl. He can't play up on his own. No, so yeah. he, he could, Cordoba could conceivably be a good signing for Gladbach um, at some point. But yeah, I think, I don't know. I think I think I, I agree with your original point that like so a, a lower half Premier League club might look at him because... You can make all the difference. I mean, it's, I still go back to Benteke at Villa because literally he saved the season like three years in a row. <laughs> Yeah. And, yeah, and it's like but, he, he wouldn't struggle for playing time, and he would get a lot more money than he's on a mid-table club in Germany at the moment. So it's yeah, yeah, certainly. But like you mentioned, Spain, I think he could at somewhere. I don't know. We've seen Las Palmas this year; they've been fantastic at somewhere in a mid-table Spanish side, or you know, like Valencia. He couldn't be doing worse than their strikers. They're they're horrible this year. But um, yeah. So I think that. That wraps us up. That's just about 30 minutes, actually. Good time, finally. Finally, we get one in, in a good time range. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could also formally announce Scouted Football Handbook free uh, at Will Savage's request. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, enjoy that. <laughs> I wonder if Will will actually listen to it and hear the announcement. So, If you do, tweet us. Yeah, yeah. So, um, everyone, we want to thank you for listening. And you know where to find us at scouted ftbl on twitter i'm at jack grimsey connor's at connor garrett <laughs> and yeah you can you can go to sfhandbook.com download the handbook for free and tell a friend so thank you for listening thank you for reading and we'll see you next time on scouted says